0: whtt.org. And now, ready, set, let the sparks fly. In today's WHTT Speaks Out, we're going to be entitling this, Unwinding the Middle East Puzzle. And this is an analysis that Chuck made of an article by Chuck Baldwin entitled, How to Identify People Who Truly Do Not Get It. We're going to be talking about the war-based economy here in the United States. And The one thing about Chuck Baldwin that's so remarkable, as you'll find out if you have not heard one of our podcasts with Chuck Baldwin, was that Chuck Baldwin was a Christian Zionist. So he actually, six, seven years ago, reversed his stance and now understands uh, many, many things that he had been blinded by his theology. And so this is really quite remarkable. And so he's speaking out quite frequently. And we urge everybody to read his article. We'll have a link to it, how to identify the people who truly do not get it. And that's about what is going on in our world today. We've got people that are pitted left against right, conservatives against Democrats, and uh, we've got mass confusion on a large scale. So Chuck, why don't you give us a little overview of uh, what we want to talk about tonight? We, of course, are focused
1: on the end result of the issues that are being carried out around us, which always boils down to war. And in the future, we are going to be talking more about the economics of war and why war is an economic necessity for the very people that we're against. And In other words, they create a situation for themselves where they desperately need war, and then they use war as the excuse for continuing what they're doing. If one takes a look at the stocks that are really hot and that have done great in the last couple of years, you'll find that the Boeings and Lockheeds and General Dynamics are all selling at two or $300 a share and have doubled and tripled in price in the last three or four years and are paying off richly for the people who own them, and these companies are wrapped up in the need for war. So our efforts are going to be to help show why this is being done by those that Chuck Baldwin in historic refers to as the deep state. And we may use slightly different definitions to encompass them, but we will be adding this, and this is something that we can add to Mr. Baldwin's wonderful piece here. To understand the war, even a Cold War, one has to understand the players and their motives. And that's what Chuck Baldwin worked so hard at exposing. And he points out that the Saudi Arabian status is one of Wahhabism, and uh, that they basically are alien to the rest of the Islamic world. So those who are the deep state create as an enemy Muslims, except for Saudi Arabia which is our chum and then Saudi Arabia is funded with a huge financial funding that they don't need for war equipment and by the way we just noticed the story today that the state of Israel is getting a a big trade deal for weaponry and it's going to create an enormous amount of profit for Lockheed and General Dynamics. And what was not pointed out is that the United States gives Israel the money in the form of foreign aid to do this warring. So our introduction to his story is to uh, support the notion that war is the bottom line with the people who are creating uh, these problems. And Baldwin talks about how to identify people who truly do not get it. And that's most of us. Most of us don't get it. We got it very slowly if we get it at all. And we're just starting to get it. And uh, our friends and neighbors and church friends don't really put these things together. So we're going to try to do our share to do that. And uh, so let's talk about Chuck Baldwin's story. What do others see as key points of it?
2: Well, I'd like to jump in on that, guys. I really enjoy the article, and I think there's probably – we'd agree that there's very little that we would tend to disagree with Chuck Baldwin's piece on that. I think the first key is anyone who doesn't get it is one who believes in the left-right Republican-Democrat blue-red paradigm. Anybody who believes in that really doesn't get the issue. I would start with that and let anyone who isn't in that camp that thinks that that red versus blue and all that stuff – Listen to the article and you'll you'll come away thinking, wow, this is uh, two sides of the same coin and the, the losers are the American people. But well, he also,
1: of course, talks about that our friends have been convinced that they should be anti-Islamists. And so they should be friends of the Zionists and they should be just uh, they should have a natural reaction against Muslims. And uh, interestingly enough, uh, Saudi Arabia, of course, is the one state in the Middle East that has its own kind of Islam and that kind of Islam is uh, very acceptable to the warring factions
0: Exactly, and I would add you've got this right-left paradigm so you've got people on the left that point to the right-wing fascists and what have you and then people on the right, the Republicans point to George Soros as, as the problem and all his meddling around the world, and so it is a a way to keep people fighting amongst themselves and not see the big picture. So I think what Chuck Baldwin is doing is to us is saying to step back and look at the overall picture. And as we described in our award-winning film, Christian Zionism, The Tragedy and Turning, it starts out with the idea that the U.S. is a war-based economy. I think that should be obvious to most Christians, but it is not. Their eyes are glazed over by their success in the stock market with with military manufacturers doing so well, as Chuck just pointed out. So we have this collective, it seems like, blindness. Of course, that's reinforced by our media and by our government itself. And the idea of what I like to refer to as our national religion, the religion of patriotism that requires us to support these wars without question.
1: Tom, Chuck Baldwin kind of summarizes what you just said in this paragraph. Quote, I'm telling you, people who want to demonize the Muslim states, except for Saudi Arabia, of course, and to idolize the state of Israel, do not get it, not in any form or fashion. That's how he wraps up that paragraph. The third point I noticed is he talks about those who don't get it believe that Donald Trump is a superhero who's fighting against the deep state. And he says the people who think that way are being misled and don't get it. And that is so difficult not to do because Trump is so dynamic. It's hard to imagine Donald Trump being influenced by anybody. You'd say that if there was ever a guy who thinks for himself makes his own mind up, and doesn't, won't listen to anybody, maybe. It's that bullheaded Donald Trump. Well, the very notion of that is something that we're going to be talking about in the future in terms of the money angle. And what no one ever talks about is not how much money Donald Trump has, but how much money he owes to the very
3: exactly. power and power
1: who run the world and those are these are things that are never talked about and in our upcoming stories we're going to talk a little bit about what happens to a politician when he winds up owing billions of dollars and having his whole reputation and finances and everything wrapped up in super bankers around the world Uh, this is really where donald trump is if we could get a good look at him and of course we don't because his tax returns have been hidden by us and obviously somebody bigger than him is sheltering him and making sure we don't get to know who he owes money to. So anyway, that's the third point that our friend
2: Chuck Baldwin made. I think one of the most scary things that, that popped out of the article, which I missed, was just a few days ago when Vice President Mike Pence refused to take nuclear weapons in space off the table. He was asked if we wouldn't do that, and his response is that, The principle is that peace comes through strength, and that's pretty telling. Instead of just denouncing any kind of nuclear weapons in space, he he didn't even go there because there was a a 1967 Outer Space Treaty that outlawed weapons of mass destruction from space, and yet Pence didn't jump on that, just showing that this is all part of the war party.
0: Just an example of the idea of American exceptionalism, which has been grounded into us over and over again that justifies these kinds of things, that we're doing this for good and everybody else is bad in the world. Only, you can only trust the United States. We have to be the moral arbiters around the world because of our exceptionalism. Chuck Baldwin says this,
1: quote, for the deep state, the name of the game is war. War advances the goals and enriches the pockets of the deep state moguls more than anything else in the world. Nation building, regime building, fighting terror, exporting democracy are the rubrics under which the deep state wages its peripheral, never-ending war. This is what the deep state is all about. And so he is firmly fixed on this idea of exposing the intent of war, and we couldn't agree more.
2: Which begs the question is how do we get the word out so that we can see more and more people that do get it when the media is controlled, both political parties are controlled, we're just such a small voice crying in the wilderness. I mean, obviously, prayer is the biggest thing that we have on our side because greater is he is in us than he is in the world. And what's in the world right now is destruction and deception. So that's where I, I look and go, okay, what do we do next? Because people have to get the word out, and your average you know, Joe six-pack isn't going to get this message.
0: We have to challenge our fellow uh, brothers and sisters in Christ all the time. I think that's of paramount importance for the Christians that are listening or good Muslims, for that matter, good uh, Jews that uh, are listening, that have a moral conscience to see that what the United States is doing is wrong and uh, that we have to take the message to the people one at a time. So it seems like a daunting task, but we need to remember it only takes a very small percentage, maybe 5 6% to affect change. So you do that through uh, education. We've still got a long way to go to probably get 5 to 6%. That understand the big picture but it is something that we should say oh we can't do anything about it and then shrug our shoulders and do something else so i think we all here at we hold these truths feel compelled that we need to spread the message of peace just as we are concerned for people to accept god's gift of jesus christ through his message and so we're called to be uh, disciples to the world, and to get people to start thinking. We have talked about this numerous times where we in America seem to have lost our capacity to critically think on on issues. We've been so conditioned that people don't want to be challenged. They go to a church, it's comfortable, and they don't question the pastor, and uh, they don't check for themselves in the Bible, and that's where we're coming from is don't but take what we say as gospel, but do a little research for yourself. Uh, look into these issues and educate yourself in these matters.
1: Tom, I can punctuate that by pointing out that at the very outset, we focused our attention on Christian people, not because they're easy to convince. Uh, they're among the most misled people we could possibly find. But because they are in groups and they do meet regularly and they do talk to each other. And they can change. And of course, God is in the picture. So we have focused on the churches for that very reason. We need to eventually find an ally that we can wake up in mass that has the numbers, that has the punch, that has the ability to influence 5, 10, 15, or 20% of the people. And certainly the churches do. Uh, And we see signs of them waking up here and there everywhere but, of course, we need to somehow see that flashpoint reached, that critical mass reached where there's an explosion within the churches. And we've never seen that in our lifetimes, but that is what we trust God to, be, to make available to us. And it's the very reason that we focused our attention on the churches from the very start and didn't just go out into the secular world and try to influence everybody we could, we could think of.
3: I'm here We hold these truths because we're trying to focus on the church, um, going to Christians and telling them what's happening and trying to get through to them. Because I I really believe Christian Zionism is the driving force behind what's happening. And they don't know they're the driving force. They're just being used. They're being lied to, manipulated. But that can happen when you don't read your scriptures and, and you can't even understand Jesus' one command to love others as I have loved you. I mean, that was the one law, the one command he gave. That should stop all of these Christians in their tracks from supporting a state that is killing people, the state of Israel, for their land. But this kind of blindness has been in the church for a very long time, and the patriotism has blinded. I've been saying for a long time, most of the people I know are more American than they are Christian. You know, they're more interested in America's interests than the kingdom of God. I believe there's a lot of them that if they did hear the truth, um, that they would come out. I know I did. And so that's what I'm about and why I'm here and support what we hold these truths are doing and hope that, you know, again, just maybe a few people at a time will get there.
4: Great. Thank you, Christy. Tom, David here. What really baffles me is that Scripture clearly says. That we are not to have fellowship with the ungodly and Mm -hmm. when the Jewish leaders took Jesus and they denied him and they crucified him and then cried out you know let his blood be upon our children and clearly denied him and they still do it to this day that anybody that reads that scripture and Cannot stop and say, well, they're still doing the same thing today. Israel's doing the same thing today, denying Christ as they did 2,000 years ago. So why am I sitting in a church that supports Israel?
3: Exactly. Yes.
4: It it really is that it uh, just is amazing to me that that question did not arise in any of their minds when they're sitting there listening to the rhetoric that is being preached by Hagee and all the other yoke that just keep puking this stuff out and, and keep believing it.
3: Seems to have morphed in the beginning when I um, was hearing the message of Christian Zionism, it was we were gonna help Israel to get into the land because they're fulfilling prophecy and then they're gonna have this big salvation and you can be a part of that, you can bless Israel. Of Course, and those who bless Israel will be blessed. And, and in my selfish mind, well, I want to be blessed, you know, and, and I don't want to be cursed. And I think that's the mentality of most Christian Zionists. And, and on that simple thing, they can get so many of them in. But then it morphed. It seemed to go from we're just going to help them get in so they can fulfill prophecy to we have to bless. Israel, the secular state, and and this is really based on this whole, well, they're the only democracy over there. Some of the things I've seen lately, they were even talking about on a Christian channel how there's such a democracy, they support gay rights, and yes, Tel Aviv is one of the largest gay uh, communities and world-renowned, and the Christians are embracing this democracy, and I'm like, what in the world is happening
0: Chuck, why don't you give us a little summary here from the article? Well,
1: I like this as a closing comment. Chuck Baldwin says, the bigger picture is the U.S. economy is a war-driven system with an annual spending of over $700 billion on military, about half the total discretionary U.S. budget, and multiplied more than any other foreign nation. The American economy is dependent upon its military-industrial complex. The monstrous deformation of American capitalism, first warned by President Eisenhower in 1961, can only exist in the realm of relentless weapons production that in turn relies upon the U.S. constantly creating global tension and uncertainty, even to the point of inciting
0: more. Thank you, everybody, for your comments there. I think our discussion there shows the need that we do really need to reach out to our friends, neighbors, our fellow Christians, brothers and sisters in Christ to explain these things. And so the Marines are looking for a few good men that We Hold These Truths. We're looking for a few good thinking men and women out there who want to look at the big picture and do something about it. Thanks for listening.